We have been doing a series on the Kingdom of God. And we're going to continue that today. And not only have we been talking about the Kingdom of God, but we've been trying to get the understanding that the Kingdom of God is not like the Kingdom of the world. It's actually the opposite. It's actually the other side of normal. But that's the side that we want to be living in. We want to be living in the side where the Kingdom of God actually reigns and not in the life um, of the Kingdom of Earth. And so today we're going to continue that by looking at the keys of the kingdom. Now, when it comes to the keys of the kingdom, the verse that um, it talks about this is, is in Matthew 16. So let me just read this to you. Now, when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he was asking his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist and others Elijah but still others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And he said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said to him, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, I don't even know how to say that, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my father who is in heaven. I also say to you that you are Peter and upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overpower it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth shall have been bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth shall have been loosed in heaven. I'm going to skip down to verse 19 for a minute and then go back and look at the others because I think that sometimes this verse is really misrepresented. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth shall have been loosed in heaven. Throughout history, lots of people have used this verse to say that they, because of their um, position, actually have the ability and the power to decide what's acceptable, what's loose, and to decide what is unacceptable, what's bound. And so we've seen throughout history many different people who have said, I have been given the authority to decide what you can do and what you can't do. And that has been abused and that has been misrepresented. And I think that is a really, not just a misrepresentation of God himself, but a misrepresentation of what this verse is actually saying. So I thought it would be better to start there and work our way backwards and and look at what it actually is saying than have people wonder, oh, is that going to be one of those is this going to be one of those messages about how the church has the ability to decide? Because as we know with most things about the kingdom of God, it is actually not about us. The kingdom of God is not about you and it's not about me. It's actually about God. It's his kingdom. It's about what he says is acceptable and what he says is not acceptable. And that's what this verse is talking about. Not an individual having the ability to dictate what's acceptable and what's not. But when we look at any verse, the thing to do is to actually look at what came before. So let's do that. Let's jump back to Matthew 16, 13 to 17. And this is what it says. Let me read it to you again. And now when Jesus came into the district of Caesar Philippi, he asked his disciple. He was asking his disciples, "Who do you say that the Son of Man is?" Now, to give you a bit of a hint, Jesus already knew the answer. 
So he wasn't actually asking a question because he wanted to know what people were saying about him. He actually was trying to make a point. So the disciples answered him and said, Some say John the Baptist and others Elijah and still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And then Jesus does what he often does. He starts talking about the people out there, which is much easier to answer. And then he turns it back on ourselves and says, Well, who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answers, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, let's just say, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. You see, everything that comes after these verses, where Jesus says, Peter, you're the rock, and on this rock I will build my church. And where Jesus says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom, and what you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and what you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven, is all because of Peter's response here. It's because Peter actually declares, I know who you are. I know that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And it's because of that understanding and because of the declaration that the keys of the kingdom are passed on. It's because this wasn't revealed by flesh and blood. It wasn't that Peter did a whole lot of reading and thought about it for a long time and came to the conclusion that, I guess on the probability scale, you're probably the Christ. It's because God himself revealed it to Peter. And it's because God himself revealed it to Peter that Peter said, that Jesus said, you are the rock and on this rock I will build my church. And it's because God himself revealed it to Peter and Peter got who Jesus was that he said, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and what you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven what you're bound on earth will be bound in heaven. That's why it's not about us. That's why it's about what God has revealed to Peter, not what Peter came up with himself. But let's talk about some keys. Um, this is a picture of me, amazingly enough. About 12 or so years ago, Matt and I, probably 11 years ago, not 12, um, Matt and I went around... Um, overseas for about six weeks and one of the places we went to was York in the UK and this is a picture of York and York is a beautiful city and one of the things that makes it beautiful is that the city wall of York is pretty much intact and you can walk all the way along the city wall and you can get great views of not only looking back into the city but looking forward into the countryside and what comes before York, even though, like most cities, it's actually extended beyond the city walls now. But um, in the old, in a long time ago, city walls were really, really important because that was the way of defending themselves, and that was the way of making sure that only those who the city wanted to actually entered. And if you look, I'm going to try. Oh, it worked. I've never done that before. That's pretty cool. Um, and if you can see right here, this is the city gate. And what would happen is not everybody who lived in the city would have the keys of the city. Only those that 
the authorities of the city decided were trustworthy enough, the decided had the best interest of the city, would actually have the keys of the city. But sometimes the keys of the city may be given to someone who didn't actually live in the city, but was like bestowed upon them because you are a friend. And because you are a friend and because you're trustworthy, I'm going to give you the keys so that you can come and go in our city because that's how highly I prize you. But the great thing is that when it comes to us, we're not given the keys to the city, we're given the keys to the kingdom, or the keys of the kingdom of God. And the keys of the kingdom of God actually allows us to have access. Access to the kingdom of God. It gives us, gives us privilege. Having the keys of the kingdom of God brings freedom. Giving, having the keys of the kingdom of God actually allows us to show others the way to the kingdom of God. There's a lot more things that the keys of the kingdom of God actually gives us, but I wanted just to give us a snapshot of what some of those are. We are able to enter the kingdom of God. Just have a think about that for a minute. You and I, human beings, can live in the kingdom of God. You and I have the privilege of having the keys of the kingdom of God. You and I have freedom to be who we want to be, to be who God's made us to be. And we have the great honour of being able to show others the way to the kingdom of God. But again, I want to make the point, the only reason that the keys of the kingdom of God are given is because of the declaration that Peter made, that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God, and that flesh and blood did not reveal this, but the Spirit, my Father in heaven. Those of us who know who Jesus is and can make the same declaration that he is Christ, the Son of the living God, those of us who have the Spirit of God living inside of us, we have the kingdom of God, we have the kingdom we have the keys, let me get my words right, we have the keys of the kingdom of God. And we need to be people who actually realise that and do something about it. I want to focus on one of the things that I told, us, told you about that we have by having the keys of the kingdom. <laughs> Anyhow, the keys of the kingdom, one of the, I want to talk about the privilege that we have. Because we understand who Jesus is, because we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us, we have the privilege. We have the privilege of bringing heaven to earth. Matthew six nine to ten, which gives us the Lord's prayer, it says this: Pray then in this way, Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Because we know who Jesus is. Because we have the, the Holy Spirit living inside of us, we have the privilege of bringing heaven to earth. We have the privilege of what God wants to be done, seeing it happen here and now. As we've talked about in the past, we actually don't live in the kingdom of heaven right now because we live in the kingdom of this world. So we're sort of aliens. We sort of got one foot 
in the world and one foot not. Well, the Bible tells us to be in the world but not of the world. And so we need to be people who realise that we actually have the ability to bring heaven to earth in our own lives, in our families, in our workplaces, in our community, wherever we go, we can bring heaven to earth. <laughs> and Matthew 25 says, Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invited you in, or need clothing and, you cl- and clothed you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go and visit you? And the king will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these my brothers and sisters, you did for me. That's bringing heaven to earth. Whatever we do to the least of these, that's what heaven's about. Heaven is about justice. Heaven is about mercy. Heaven is about grace. Heaven is about forgiveness. Heaven is about love. Heaven is about peace. Heaven is about freedom. And we have the opportunity to not only experience that in our own lives, but help other people experience that too. We have the ability to bring heaven to earth. Not because of us, but because of who Jesus is and because we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us. So we have the privilege also of not just bringing heaven to earth, but the privilege of power and authority. We go back to Matthew 16, 19. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Because of who Jesus is and because we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us, we actually have the privilege of having the power to say, Satan, you are not in control. Satan, you have no rights. Get out of that person. Get out of my mind. We have the ability because of who Jesus is and because we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us to be able to say, I'm going to forgive even though I don't want to. We have the ability because of the power living inside of us to say, I'm going to declare unity where there is no unity. I'm going to declare grace where there is no grace. I'm going to declare that this is where God reigns. That's the power and the authority that we've been given. John 14, 12 to 14 says, Truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the work that I've been doing and they'll do greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. Now, what did Jesus actually come to do on earth? What are these things that we're going to do and then even greater things? In Luke, this is what Jesus gets, goes to a temple and he reads these words. He says, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. To set, he, has proclaimed, he has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. Then he rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him and he began to say to them, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. 
That's what Jesus came to earth to do. Um, and this is what Jesus has come to do. And this is what he wants us to do, to proclaim freedom, to recover sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free. And Jesus actually says, you're not only going to do this, you're going to do greater things than these. And why are we going to do greater things than these? Because I'm going to the Father. John 14 says, I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper, that he may be your forever. He may be with you forever. That is the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it does not see or know him. But you know him because he abides in you and you in him. Because God has gone, because Jesus has gone to heaven, he has sent us the Holy Spirit. And because we have the Spirit living inside of us, we have the ability and the privilege of not only bringing heaven to earth, but we also have the ability to have the power and the authority to make Jesus' rule happen here on earth as it is in heaven. Now, when it comes to the things, when it comes to the Holy Spirit and the power and the authority that we have and the privilege that we have, I think this verse is a really interesting one. And it says this, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven will enter. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not cast out demons? Did we, in your name, did we not perform many miracles? Then I would declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Sometimes we think it's about miracles. Sometimes we think the power of God is about prophecy and about casting out demons, but it's actually not. The keys of the kingdom of heaven is actually about doing the will of the Father. And that means miracles because our God is a miracle God. And that means casting out demons because Satan is here and he is real. And that means prophesying because we want to know what God's saying. But it's not about those things. It's about doing what God is doing. And when we do what God's doing, then the miracles follow. Then there's healing. Then there's releasing. Then there's freedom. Not because of the freedom, not because of the miracles, but because that is the kind of God that we serve. That is a kind of kingdom that we're living in. One that does bring freedom. One that is miraculous. One that is powerful. But this verse says that there's some people who do signs and wonders but actually are not doing what God wants them to do. And we want to be people who care more about doing what God wants than what that outcome is. I'm the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Now I want you to imagine with me for a minute that you are eight years old that you're sitting in a church that has sort of like a raised a rage stage and like a baptistry. And at the back you read John 15, 5, apart from me, you can do nothing. Now, as an eight-year-old, that was me. I went to a church called Murrumbee and a Baptist church and that was what I read every single Sunday. And so I would sit in my chair and I would start just wiggling my fingers a bit. And I would start just 
shrugging my shoulders. I never made big movements because I didn't want my mum or dad to go, Tanya, stop that, what are you doing? But I used to just make little movements. I used to like close my eyes and then open them really wide. And I thought to myself, I can do all those things without God. I don't know what this verse is saying apart from me. You can do nothing. I can do lots of things without God. But as I have learned more about God and as I've matured, I've actually realised that this verse is very, very true. And what this verse is actually telling us is that apart from God, we can do nothing that is of any value. Nothing. All the good that we do is pointless without God. Because it's because of him that there are things that are good. He is the one that gives all good gifts. He's the one that has the power. He's the one that knows how to love, not me. He's the one who knows how to give grace. He is the one who knows it all. And apart from him, it's pointless. There's no point to it. But the flip side is, with him, everything makes sense. And with him, everything has purpose. John 5.19 says this, Jesus gave them this answer. Very truly, I tell you, the son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees his father doing. Because whatever the father does, or whatever the father does, the son also does. Now, this is Jesus speaking. And if Jesus is saying, I can only, you know, he can only do what he sees his father doing, I, that's what I want to do. I want to be a person that only does what I see my Heavenly Father doing. I want to be a person that understands that it's not about me. It's about God being glorified. I want to be a person and I want us to be a church that sees God move in power and authority. I want to be a person and I want to be a church that sees heaven come to earth. Because that is the only way that life actually makes sense. That is the only way that anything is of any point, is if God is in it. I just want to go back to Matthew 16 for a minute. Who do we say that Jesus is? Do we say that he is the Christ, the Son of the living God? And that is not words. That is a deep down conviction that Jesus is God. That is a deep down conviction that he is the Christ. That is a deep down conviction that he is the living, the Son of the living God. And the only reason that we can truly understand who Jesus is is because we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us. Without the Holy Spirit, we can't understand the things of God. Without the Holy Spirit, the power and the authority that comes from God isn't living within us. But when we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us, we have God We have his power, we have his authority, 
We have his love. We have his forgiveness in us. And so what more do we need? We have the keys of the kingdom of heaven so that we can allow God's kingdom to be on earth, so that we can see his power, his glory, his love, not just be a thing that happened in the Bible, but can happen here and now. I know that many of us um, spend some time um, going to Ken Fish during the week. And what I'd love us to do now is if anybody has a testimony of something that happened, how you saw God move, how you saw his power, how you saw his will done in your life, um, I'd love you to come and share that now. And then after whoever wants to is shared, I'm just going to ask the people who have shared just to stay near the front. And then I want those of us who want to know God's power and authority, those of us who want prayer for anything, to come and have those who have received the power and the glory um, and the, the power and the authority of Jesus in their life to allow them to pray for us who, who need healing, who want to see God at work. Because you see, the thing is, we don't need anybody but the Holy Spirit. And he's here. He's inside me. He's inside you. And because we have the power of God inside of us, we can do not only what God did on earth, we can do greater things. But it's not about doing the greater things. It's about doing the will of the Father. And so part of that is sharing testimony because that encourages us, that builds us up when we realise what God has done. And part of that is to say, you know what? I need breakthrough. I need freedom. I need healing. I need forgiveness. I need to be able to forgive and allow the Holy Spirit to bring his power and his authority into those situations and to release us.